Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Tuesday, July 2nd, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, as you can probably hear a little bit in my voice, uh, dealing with some sinusy type things uh, right now that are making it, uh, making this product, I, I should say, less than uh, 100%. Uh, I, I don't feel awesome. I know I don't sound awesome, but bear with me here. Uh, I won't be doing a ton of talking for today's episode. Uh, we're going to start the show, though, with uh, like a summer league look ahead preview type thing, just br- sort of broadly, and I'll talk more specifics about this stuff uh, in the coming episodes this week. And then as Summer League, NBA Summer League is going on, and you know Matt McQuaid, Kenny Goins, and Nick Ward are trying to get their NBA careers uh, rolling on the right foot here. But I do just kind of a broad preview of what to expect, uh, what you can get in terms of my coverage from this if you want more than just the podcast and different things like that. So I'll talk about that. Uh, and then after that, we've got another listener uh, co-hosting segment coming up. I think it'll take up a couple segments. It, excuse me, uh, ran a little bit long in the recording. I can break it in half and just do it that way. Um, and this wasn't, you know, my original plan for today's show, but given the the struggles with the voice and all that, um, I think I'm just gonna uh, use that today, and then hopefully things are better uh, for tomorrow and tomorrow's show. So that is the plan for today's show. Today's show is brought to you. In part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Subscribing is the easiest way to get episodes of Lockdown Spartans to your phone every single day. And if you wouldn't mind, head on over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating, leave a nice review if you are so inclined. Uh, those are helpful for I don't know, uh, <laughs> the, the algorithms, they help the algorithms. Uh, I'm told to ask for those, so please do that. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about some Summer League stuff. Okay, so Michigan State will have four people in the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. Uh, so far that we know of, uh, sometimes Summer League can be goofy and things fluctuate and guys come, guys go, uh, so... Right now we've got four uh, joining Matt McQuaid, Nick Ward, and Kenny Goins, all rookies. Uh, Miles Bridges will be suiting up for Charlotte in his second summer league. Uh, you know, Charlotte's a team that's going to be going through some changes, some turmoil. Uh, they just lost their best player. It's sort of the start of kind of a new era in Charlotte. And so I'm not surprised that they want to, uh, you know, keep Miles in summer league for a second year. He had an up and down rookie season, and if you bring him back for summer league this year, you could try to work on some different things. Uh, he was used a lot by them. Miles was last season, but I think his role is going to dramatically increase, especially on the offensive end, because Kemba Walker is out of there, uh, and Charlotte needs to see if he, uh, you know, if Miles and Malik Monk and the other guys that they have there, the young guys, are worth building around, or if they have to sort of reboot again here as their their franchise is in a transition. So, uh, not surprised to see Miles there. You you will like Jaron Jackson's not going to play uh, for Memphis, and that's 
Also not surprising as well, had a really nice rookie season, dealt with some injury things, uh, so you know they're going to keep uh, with the load management is going to be a thing for Jaron Jackson. Uh, first team all rookie, fourth in the rookie of the year voting. Seems to be you know really uh, in line to be a special player in the NBA. There's not much you need to see from him in a summer league, right? You just give him the time to rest, uh, and we'll see you for the start of training camp for the actual NBA season. So, yeah, Miles is going to be there. No Jaron Jackson. And then, of course, we have um, McQuaid, Warden, Goins, uh and so the Summer League starts here uh, on July 5th. There's a mini Summer League going on right now uh, that none of the teams that uh, these guys are on are participating in. It's just a small one. I think Sacramento and Salt Lake City or something like that. It's just a handful of teams. Uh, and so everyone will converge in Las Vegas for the big Summer League July 5th. And then there are games every single day, July 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th. It, like, it goes on. And on and on, and I think teams play pretty much every day, um, you know, maybe a day off here or there uh, for teams in the Summer League, uh, but what we're going to be doing, and then it goes, I think, the 5th through the 15th, right, and, and teams play a guaranteed four games, and then they have a fifth game, and it starts, the, the fifth game starts a single elimination knockout round. And so we'll get at least four games for these guys, or at least five games for these guys, and who knows, you know, if you make it to the finals, it's maybe nine games total you play. Um, But what I'm going to be doing is certainly going to be recapping things every now and then uh, on these Lockdown Spartans uh, episodes, just giving thoughts on how guys are doing, uh, you know, things to look out for, uh, you know, if they're doing enough, if they're showing different skills that they showed at MSU. Uh, I know a lot of you aren't going to be watching all kinds of Summer League, and I will say this year is the first year it's really expanded in terms of TV coverage. Uh, Every single night, if you want to, um, there are games on ESPN, ESPN2. If you have ESPNU or NBA TV, uh, you can certainly watch. You just look up the Summer League schedule. Uh, but there are going to be games like, here we go, Sunday, July 7th, 5.30 on ESPN2. You can watch Minnesota-Atlanta and get a look at Nick Ward. Same day, 3.30 on ESPN2. Charlotte plays San Antonio, so you can see how Miles is doing. Like you can, uh, These games are much more accessible than they have been in years past because uh, Summer League, uh, people are really interested in it now. It's this really cool sort of developmental tournament. And you get to see all the rookies for the first time. You know, people are excited for Zion. Um, but yeah, if you get ESPNU, Saturday, 3.30 ESPNU, the Pistons sick on the Trailblazers, you can watch McQuaid and see how McQuaid's doing. So it is uh, accessible. I would encourage you to check it out for yourself. Uh, I will be uh, live tweeting some of these games from the Spartans Wire uh, Twitter account. Uh, I've told you guys I, I write for USA Today Spartans Wire uh, Spartans where is the USA Today Michigan State blog, if you want to think of it that way. But I write for them. Uh, and I'm going to be live tweeting some of these Summer League games. Our editor, uh, Andrew Brewster, is going to be live tweeting some of them too. Not all of them because there's too many of them. But, uh, you know, maybe one a day, two a day, depending on schedules and things like that. I will be live tweeting. So what you can do if you want to follow along with that, uh, on Twitter, you can follow me uh, at Will underscore underscore Hunter. If you don't already do that, and I'll be like saying, hey, check this out here. I'm doing this here. Or if you want to, 
just follow Spartans Wire. It's at the Spartans Wire. Just uh, follow that page, and you'll see the the live tweeting. And I'm also going to collect all of the tweets uh, and you know uh, have a running live blog, uh, if you will, on the actual website SpartansWire.usatoday.com. Uh, so the a bunch of different ways to check that out uh, if you want to follow along while I am giving my thoughts and uh, watching how these Michigan State guys are doing in Summer League. So we'll uh, have plenty of content for you as it relates to uh, NBA Summer League and how those Michigan State uh, players are faring in that. And of course, if there's any news or anything like that, certainly be able to bring that to you as well. All right, we're going to take a break here. Uh, When we get back, we'll bring in Max Manugian. Uh, He is a big Michigan State fan and took some time out of his busy day to talk to us about the most satisfying Final Fours, his favorite Final Fours of the Tom Izzo era. So we'll bring him on after the break to talk about that. But first, a word from Twillery. Guys, it is 2019, and these days shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat, and with Twillery, they don't. Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking the beer in your fridge. It is easy, affordable, and you get the perfect fit guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. These are really good shirts, so $55 for for like a, a bundle of shirts. They are it's uh it's that's a value. These are really high quality shirts. You're gonna want to check them out. Even better, right now they have free shipping and actually not right now. They always have free shipping in return, so you can try on some twills risk free. You get a shirt, they send it to you. You if you like it, you keep it. If you don't, you send it back. No questions asked. You heard me right. You can tw- try Twillery shirts completely risk free, and right now you can get twenty five dollars off. Your first Twillery purchase by going to twillery.com slash locked on and entering the promo code locked on. Just and really, I've been telling you guys this the last few weeks. Just go to Twillery's website and check out the shirts. They're really cool. They sell themselves. You don't need me poorly reading uh, some ad copy here to, to convince you to go get a shirt. Go to twillery.com if you're looking for a dress shirt, a shirt to wear to golf for work, for going out on the weekend in the summer. Uh, they've got all kinds of different shirts. Twillery.com, just go check them out. They're really cool. Twillery.com slash locked on, promo code locked on for $25 off your first purchase. One more time. Twillery.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. You can get locked on Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Spartans. All right, I am happy to be joined now by Max Minugian. It's Minugian, right? It is Minugian, yeah. Minugian, I thought I remembered it. Uh, Max is a uh, a Spartan graduate, a Spartan through and through, and he is here to talk about uh, Final Fours and sort of satisfaction level with the Final Fours and how much they meant to the fan base. Uh, Max, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. It's a it's a beautiful day, Will. It's always it's always it's a great day to be a Spartan. It is. It is. So, uh, what we're gonna do here? We're gonna exclude 2000 uh, because that just kind of takes any sort of suspense or surprise away from what might be number one. Um, yeah. 
And so what we're going to do here is, Max, I'm going to have you give me uh, the bottom grouping here and just sort of rank them out for me. And you can give me like a sentence or two on what these specific final fours mean. Uh, and then we'll get into your top three and I'll let you uh, or I'll have you sort of elaborate on your top three. So let's knock out these bottom ones first that are sort of the just missed the cut top three rankings for you in terms of final fours. That sounds good. Uh, we're going to start in last place with uh, with the 2001 final four. It was the, the last of the three in a row. Mm-hmm. It came, came off of a national championship appearance. At that point, I think. The fan base sort of expected to be there. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things that could be said about that final four, but for the interest of expediency, we'll just leave it at that last play. Yeah. All right. And then um, what I, I forget if it was seventh. Uh, give us sixth, fifth, and then fourth. All right. In sixth, and this is, it's crazy that this is sixth to me because this includes some of like the greatest moments in my life as a Spartan. But the 2010 Final Four, mm-hmm. uh, highlighted by the Corey Lucius game winner against uh, Maryland, one of the yep. greatest moments, one of the greatest shots I've ever seen as a Spartan. Yeah, uh, I was I was going got, through this. Sorry, I was going through this list uh, earlier as well, and I was like, yeah, I, I have the same kind of start as you do, and I was like, how is this amazing Final Four run six? Because so many crazy things happen. Uh, the Achilles, it, it, the, the shot, and all that stuff. It's just, it's crazy how deep uh, the Final Four run is uh, for these teams. Yeah. But, um, why don't There's you? No question. Yeah. Give us, uh, give us number five then. Before we go to number five, I just, I want to shout out for for that last one, the 2010 Final Four, and point out how good Darrell Summers was on that run. It came out of nowhere, and we never saw it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but during that run, Darrell Summers looked like a lottery pick. And, I, I mean, who knows? Who knows? We'll move on to number five. Yeah. Um, the number five uh, final four, I'm going with 2005. Sort of the most, in my opinion, the most random of Izzo's final fours. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a sort of a disappointing senior class in a way. That, uh, but it was it's it was the beginning of the infamous every player that has played four years under Tom Izzo goes to a Final Four stream. Yep, and then uh, give us number four, and we'll then we'll get into the top three here. All right, number four is uh, the 2015 Final Four, mm-hmm. um, which is it's just crazy to me. That's number number four. I love that team so much. Yeah, Travis Trice was an absolute assassin. The sort of redemption of Travis Trice is one of the great stories uh, that I can remember as a Spartan. Matt Costello was a beast. Yeah, Brandon Dawson. Brandon Dawson. Oh man. Yeah, Dawson had a great regional, just like a, a seven seed making it to the Final Four. It's those lowest seeded team to make the Final Four, which is really cool. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's get into the top three. Start us off with number three, uh, and then just take you know a minute or two uh, to uh, you know tell the people why it's number three. So what's your number three Final Four? Okay, so number three, and this was really difficult for me in choosing between this and 2015. 
Um, but I think that something needs to be said for the start of an era. Mm-hmm. And so at number three, I'm going with 1999. Yeah. Uh, the program had won a national championship in 1979 with Magic Johnson. It had a brief period of success in the 50s. But other than that, Michigan State basketball wasn't really a powerhouse. So at this time, uh, we had gone through several years of wondering, is Tom Izzo the guy to replace Judd? Is this program headed in the right direction? Had a really successful 1998 season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, just Real quick, they went NIT, NIT, Sweet 16, and Izzo's three years there before this run started. So there was definitely some questions uh, about how the tenure got going, just to sort of refresh people or someone who, who's oh, yeah. younger and may not know, but sorry, go ahead and continue. And then uh, all of a sudden just catapulted into a number one seed, mm-hmm. dominated its way through the tournament, landed in the final four for the first time in 20 years. And uh, we will talk soon about the magic involved in years that end in nine for, yeah. for Michigan State <laughs> basketball. Um but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the 1999 yeah. team, one of the strongest Izzo teams ever. The first of Izzo's Final Fours, that's, that's number three. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like we, I mean, I think Michigan State does a good job of not taking stuff for granted, the fans, while still being demanding. <laughs> like, we really want to win another national championship, but we truly, I think, do a good job of appreciating Final Fours. But it's just crazy how many yeah. there have been. And just – it it wasn't that long ago that it was unheard of for Michigan state to be doing this. Uh, it's very much been the last two decades, but like, yeah, just to think like what we expect out of Izzo in a Michigan state program, like they got that as a surprise in 1999. Like, what is this? This is amazing. As sirens blare in the background. (laughs) Max is, Max is, Max is uh, walking through Detroit right now doing some work. Um, I lo- yeah, I like 99 as number three. Let's uh, jump to number two. Who's your number two final four? Or what is your number two, number two final four? Number number two. All right, so here's where we get to splitting hairs. Yeah, and oh, it's tough. Some of the best moments of my life. Um, at number two, I'm going to go with what until very recently I frequently considered the best day of my entire life, the 2009 Final Four. Okay. Um, it's really funny that we're doing this podcast right now as I walk around on Jefferson. I was just going to ask. Outside of the, <laughs> I was going to ask how far you are from the Ford Field. field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm actually standing in front of the Spirit of Detroit statue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, a, little bit, <laughs> a little bit behind the scenes. Um, we are recording this podcast. I'm waiting outside of the courthouse to go inside and file some papers, but um, I, I know what my priorities are in Michigan State basketball uh, is number one. Um, so 2009, 2009, I want to take you back to that, that period of time. The city of Detroit, the state of Michigan, really the entire country and the entire world was in a very, very bad place economically but Mm -hmm. nowhere more so than the city of Detroit. Um, I was a senior in college at this time. Um, 
most of my friends, you know, parents were losing their jobs. Um, a lot of people graduating at that time had no idea where we, where they were going to do with their life. And I think at its very best, sports can serve as a distraction. Um, man, were it was a good distraction. <laughs> man, were we lucky to get the distraction that we did. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we've gone through several years of, you know, the, the rejuvenation of the city of Detroit. And there's a lot of narrative in the media about all of the good things that are happening in the city. It's been, it's been wonderful. That was not the case in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the, the city had had the Super Bowl in 2006. It was a little bit of a, kind of a disappointment for the city. People in the media were talking about, hey, what, why are we having a Super Bowl here? The city didn't really have much to offer. I, w- I would contend that the city is the coolest city in the country. It always has something to offer. But this was the first moment that I saw throughout all of this uh, rejuvenation where the city of Detroit was absolutely lit on fire with people and joy and happiness and pride. And I, I, I think back to Tom Izzo at Somerset Mall with the ridiculous pass rally with thousands and thousands and thousands of people crowding out, uh, I think, the old side of Somerset. It was, it, it, it's a pretty rare thing for a home team to be able to play in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this city really took that in the midst of a terrible economic downturn. And uh, the team put the city on its back, and the city put the team on its back. And I have never been more proud to be a Michigan State Spartan. Um, yeah, the uh, talk about the certainly. Back- yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the basketball real quick. Just exactly what you said, and then for to all, as my dog starts barking, for it to all sort of culminate in that special night against UConn, just a dominating performance with uh, a monstrous Darrell Summers dunk to seal the game and just, like, it was a zoo. Like, I wasn't there, but you could just tell it was an absolute zoo. And, like, what a moment, uh, what a couple hours for time outside of Ford Field to just sort of stop and everybody looks uh-huh. inside Ford Field and watches Michigan State absolutely destroy a team as an underdog, again, because there are always underdogs in these situations, uh, just destroy a really great UConn team in the Final Four to make it to the national championship game. Um, yeah, it was just uh, all that stuff that you were talking about certainly plays into it, and then it just like it makes that moment that much more special, you know? Yeah, well, let me ask you this because you mentioned the Durrell Summers done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a really difficult choice. Darrell's dunk against UConn or McQuaid's dunk against Duke? <laughs> um, it is a difficult choice. I think I have to go Darrell against UConn. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I think McQuaid's dunk might have been a little bit nastier, a little bit more postery, if you will. But Darrell's had plenty uh-huh. of that. Like, Darrell's dunk was nothing to shake a stick at. Just McQuaid's was absolute bananas. Um, but given that it was the final four was essentially a home game and it basically sealed Michigan state going to the national championship. Like I think UConn was down eight or 10 at that point. 
And then after the dunk, mm-hmm. like the, the game ended with six minutes left because that was oh, yeah. just like the morale was gone. Like it was over for UConn. Um, so that no, I, no I, yeah, I would, yeah, I would give it that edge to to Darrell Summers. Although McQuaid's like probably the better dunk, um, but the the moment in Summers, uh, the the call from Jim Nance, I can just hear it dunked on Robinson somehow like it's just like it was it was special all the stuff you were talking about earlier just adds up it was special um I want we can't talk about the 2009 final four without talking about Kayla Lucas's little floater in the middle of the lane to win the game against Kansas Mm -hmm. um it can't be overstated how unbelievably good Kayla Lucas was at basketball at that time yeah the, the the Achilles um, is like the saddest Michigan State injury I can ever remember. Yeah. Um I not- I saw a tweet today. I saw a tweet today, I don't remember who it was, it was some Michigan State account saying it was about uh what injury left us with the biggest what if as as mm-hmm. Martin fans. Yeah. And I can't Kalen even believe Lucas. somebody made that tweet because it's it's so <laughs> obvious to me. Yeah. It's Kalen Lucas. Yeah, it's uh, Kalen Lucas. He was so he was special. I also want to point out about the 2009 Final Four team, Goran Sutan's rebounding ability, the mm-hmm. hallmark touchstone of a Tom Izzo basketball program is rebounding. And we watched Goran Sutan go from the kid that couldn't make that layup against Gonzaga to, I would argue, the greatest Tom Izzo rebounder of at least the time since I started at Michigan State in 2005. He certainly grew into that for sure. His last couple uh-huh. of years, yeah, um, he was awesome at boards. Uh, what he, I for him, I would think of like most improved type uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, got, yeah, like he's going to be on. It's like him or Kenny Goins. Like, which one <laughs> do you want as most well, improved? There's probably some other guys. Um, a, there's a lineage of it. It's it's crazy. You yeah. Think about the Izzo big men that start off as sort of you know, middling guys that we don't know what we're going to make of them. And all of a sudden by their senior year are the, you know, all big 10 level players. You can, it, it, it seems like every single year we have one of them, whether it be Adrian Payne or Brandon Dawson or Kenny Goins, Matt Costello, um, going back to Sutan, uh, yeah. we had Drew Namick. Drew Namick was mm-hmm. on that team. He was so outstanding as a shot blocker. It was he was he was a, he was just a, a joy to watch, um, and it just it, it speaks a lot to the the coaching staff and their their ability to develop these guys year after year after year for now what's going on almost twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly a staple of the program. All right, we are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we will finish off this segment with Max Manugian with his number one final forever. I think you obviously know it by now, but it's still fun to talk about it. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Spartans on the new Himalaya podcast app, podcast app as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, all right, let's move to uh, your number one. It is, of course, going to be 2019. We talked about the 2020 or the years that ended nine you touched on that um let's uh-huh. finish up here with why why is 2019 the the best one for you all right well i'm gonna start with a i think scorching hot take 
uh, that maybe may give pause to the listeners. You shared but it with we, me. We started this. Yeah, you yeah. shared it with me before this, and I think it's just absurd. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we are ranking the final fours, but not including 2000 because Michigan State won the national championship in 2000. I assert uh, to the world that the 2019 Final Four would have been number one even if we included 2000. <laughs> it's a terrible take, but and go here's, on. Here's why. Here's why. I want to rewind the clock to uh, a beautiful March day. I believe it was I had driven in at 6 in the morning from Chicago. I think it was St. Patrick's Day weekend uh, for the, the round of 32 game against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And I want to rewind the clock to the moment, the hour following that game. Um, I remember walking back. I, I, I live in the city. We walked to the, to the arena. Um, and we were walking back to my place after the game. I was with my friend Carl, and we were talking about just Tom Izzo need to go. Has he passed his time? Can he even remotely coach in today's college basketball world? In this year where Jaron Jackson was going to be, was he the, the fourth overall pick or the third? Um, uh, Miles Bridges. Fourth, I think. I yeah, forget fourth. if you're third or fourth. Yeah. Either way, he's top four. Special talent. And he's going to play. I don't even want to bring it up. I don't even want to talk about that. I, I still can't talk about that. You, yeah, okay. Uh, you've, you've established <laughs> where we're coming from. <laughs> well, the other place that we're coming from is a world where MSU was made out to be the pariah on Penn State levels. Uh-huh. Um, you know, this, this all blew up. We didn't know the future of the university. I don't know if, you know, Luana K. Simon was already out as president. Mark Hollis was already out as the athletic director. We don't, the ESPN has the crosshairs zoomed in on D'Antonio and Izzo. This unforeseen level of success that both programs have had. Suddenly, we don't know if these guys are going to be the coaches anymore. Michigan State is in the news every day for horrific stuff. Um, and it was a really, really rough time to be a Spartan. Um, then that follows with, I think, the most disappointing uh, end of a season I've ever seen as a Michigan State fan with that 2018 team. Yeah, and, and, guess, you, and yeah. you factor in 2016 being similar levels of disappointment, the two versus 15 upset, 2017, like – Michigan State on the court was getting a reputation as, like, couldn't get it done in March anymore. And then here's the – yes, Will, exactly. And here is, I think, the big thing. We have a – there's another school a little bit southeast of us Mm -hmm. um, that had been a a really bad basketball program for a very long time. All of a sudden, looked like – an absolute monster. Michigan had just come off of their second national championship game appearance in the preceding six years. Um, John Beeline was Mr. March, as, as some in the media would say. And it appeared that the roles were reversed. 
Michigan State was back to being the little brother afterthought of Michigan. And, um, and you know, we didn't even have basketball anymore. The one thing we always held in our pocket in that rivalry. So times were extremely tough. We were losing Miles and Jaron coming into this season. Will, let me ask you this. Would you have ever imagined walking home or, or in whatever you were doing after that game against Syracuse, what came in the next year? No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't until, I guess, right before the basketball season got going and you start to take a look at things that I, I just I thought they would be okay. I thought, like, I don't know, the world was ending for a while, and I didn't even want to think about Michigan State basketball for a while. Um, uh-huh. and, and then once, you know, you get over it the summer, uh, you know, things – you move on uh, and then you start looking at the team and things like that. And you think, Hey, you know, this might be a pretty good team. Um, and I even like as optimistic as I can be sometimes, especially about Tom Izzo, Michigan state basketball, because I trust that things will just work out there. Uh, I, you know, I thought they could compete for the big 10, you know, be a top four ish big 10 team, maybe uh, be set up to have a nice run in March, depending on how things break, the draw matters, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I thought it'd be a solid season, just solid, not not anything more than a solid season. I mean, I was the same exact way. I was excited to have a year without high expectations. Yeah. Those <laughs> tend to be more fun for Michigan State fans. Yeah, yeah, but come I out of nowhere. In a million years, I never in a million years thought that what would happen would happen, and it all happened so perfectly because – we took that we, we flipped the script in such a dramatic and brilliant fashion against mm-hmm. Michigan, beating them three times, whooping them three times in a row uh, toward the end of the season, twice with championships on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much, I mean, stomped them so hard that their coach decided he didn't want to coach college basketball anymore. And re. <laughs> reclaimed the throne and then on top of that went into the tournament and watched the brilliance unfold uh matt mcquade's dunk i would take over darrell summers dunk against duke beating duke finally slaying the the dragon Mm -hmm. um and not just duke that duke zion's duke that duke oh yeah and 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 the best part is zion i'll be rooting for zion forever now I oh, yeah. feel a sense of fandom towards Zion. He's part of our story. Yeah, I for love sure. it. And, and yeah. I can't pick anybody that I would rather have that feeling about because he looks like he might be very, very special. Um, yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, reclaiming the throne as the premier basketball program in the Big Ten, uh, going back to the Final Four, and suddenly things are right um, after – Things looked very, very, very wrong, and it all happened so fast. Yeah. And that is the reason why 2019 is my number one Tom Izzo Final Four over 2000. <laughs> I'm not going to put it over 2000. It, it's either second or third. My, my top two are exactly the same, 2009 uh, and 2019. Uh, they're just both special for a number of ways. I, I don't think you'll probably get much disagreement other than the fact that 2000 – it, or 2019 <laughs> over 2000, it's not going to fly. But beyond that, I think your your list is pretty much in line. It's tough 
we were just talking like going through it and choosing a bottom, you know, someone has to come in last place. And like, it's crazy that how special all the final fours have been, but um, Max, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for the perspective. Always appreciate it. Uh, real good chatting with you. Sorry to uh, hold you up while you're working here, going to file oh, some paperwork. Hopefully uh, everything works out for your clients. Um, Thank thanks you. So- I really <laughs> appreciate the time, Will. Thank you so much. Yeah. This has been so much fun. The podcast is great. Uh, go green. Thanks, man. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. And, uh, and get back to work, all right? All right, I will. All right, take care. All right, thanks to Max for joining the show. And he wanted me to be very clear that he was not billing anybody, not billing any clients in the time that we were on the phone together. So got to make sure that's clear. Uh, Our Spartan lawyers are out there in the world doing good things, not getting paid to talk on the phone with me uh, instead of filing whatever paperwork uh, that they need to... uh, file. (laughs) Um, Also, if you want to follow Max on Twitter, uh, as a thank you for him to doing the show, uh, it's at Manoogian, I'll spell it out for you, at M-A-N-O-O-G-I-A-N. You can follow Max on there for a bunch of Michigan State uh, tweets and Extreme hot takes because that is the the 2019 Final Four over the 2000 Final Four is uh, one of the hotter takes you're going to get in Michigan State sports. But thanks to Max for joining the show. Thanks to uh, you guys for listening to the show. Thanks to Hotels.com and Twillery for helping bring the show to you and put money in my pocket. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, remember, rate, review, subscribe to the show. If you haven't done that already, subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I want to talk about Xavier Tillman as a potential lottery pick, and I also want to talk about uh, some more Summer League stuff. We'll get more in-depth on like Matt McQuaid's situation, what he's facing, and uh, we'll talk about perhaps like Nick Ward and Kenny Goins later in the week as well if we have time. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, go green.